Okay, everyone. Uh, welcome I'm to the last I'm recording. Are you recording? Perfect. Oh, sh- oh well, shit. I stepped we on just your cut introduction. Everyone off there. That's perfect, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's exactly how it goes every time. Um, but no, welcome to the last 10 minutes again. Um, still, still live. <laughs> you know, we're going to cut the first one. And now, now you've said again, which necessitates us leaving that bit. <laughs> Instant, okay. instant comedy gold. All right, uh, this is the last ten so minutes. What's the name of this podcast? podcast? Last ten minutes. It's a comedy okay, podcast where we watch sorry, the last Sean, ten minutes of films. Film? It's called the last ten minutes, guys. Comedy podcast where we watch the last ten minutes of films and try and work out what happens in the rest of the film. Um, we are still uh, skyping it. We're still from a distance, uh, probably most social distance we can be, uh, in completely different places. Now we could probably be further away. We could, yeah, we could, we could. Are you, and we could also be using more hand sanitizer. Yeah, I'm covered in it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, sanitize yeah. my whole body. Dust. I know, yeah. You, your muscles look great. Uh, you... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so uh, my name's Will, and the voice. There's other voices here. What are these <laughs> fucking out? Yeah, uh, this is. Great. I haven't this spoken is... to anyone in. I know it's been really bad. Uh, sorry, my name's Sean. Welcome uh, to the last 10 minutes. This is a comedy podcast where we... <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we are rusty. But yeah, that's the what professionalism doesn't about, match up to the mic. Rusty. Well, but... Oh, who's yeah, that? You, if you so welcome over. to the last 10 minutes. Uh, this is a podcast where we watch the last 10 minutes of a movie and then we try and figure out what happened in the rest of the movie. Um, I'm... Amazing. I didn't know whether I should introduce myself as one of you and we could pretend that please, we were all different Please ones. do. Please do. Oh yeah, that'd please. be funny. Yeah, do that. Okay, I'm uh, Will, and this is Sean. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm Hugh. Hugh O'Connor from Dublin. <laughs> yep, all the way the from sea. Dublin. Uh, so Very we've got a special guest distant. today, uh, Hugh O'Connor. Have I got that right? Your last name is O'Connor. You have O'Connor, yeah. Fantastic. Um, and obviously, Will and Sean are still here. Uh, we're still doing it. We're still working. We're still somehow. Uh, Speaking. <laughs> barely. <laughs> barely. Um, so, so, uh, so you haven't actually, this is your first time meeting Hugh, even though it's over, over the yes, sea. Yes, we're, we're strangers. So, that's that's um, true. That is true. Some yes. things that you should know about Hugh are he is the number one consumer in the world of Brat. That's true. And you could ask him any question about cricket and yeah. he'd probably be able to answer it. Yeah. Well, I will give that an answer. Can it I might just... not be a correct answer, but... Can I clarify? Yeah, I, mean, I could answer yeah. any questions. What's uh, what is Brack? What is Brack? You see, this is the problem we run into. Will is that no one knows what I mean by Brack. But it's actually no, no. It's topical for the time of year. Are you aware of Halloween Brack, Sean? Like a, uh, no, a, a, a fr- like a fruit cake. I'm I'm miming it for for anyone listening. Ah. Uh, like a like a sort of tea fruit cake. Um, but I, I like that you think the mime might help. <laughs> and, and also that the mime I've done is of a circular brack, whereas the brack I make is in a rectangular mm. loaf. So I'm not even miming yeah. it correctly. Uh, yeah, I guess it it's, was it's not only a, was it for to an be honest, audio format, it was done in it was It was a completely to, unhelpful To be honest, mime. when I think of brack, I think of brick and brack. But um, so it's a fruitcake. Mm. Has it got icing? Has it got icing on the top? No, no, no. It's much more of a bready type thing. It's more of like a fruity yeah. tea bread. Um, and I, but you I, have it at Halloween. 
Oh, yeah, I didn't hear oh, that. Sean, I'm moved, not sure it was Sean moved room a, a, to improve his Wi-Fi and it didn't work. question, but oh, I didn't hear no. it. Let's get Brack to Sean uh, in one second now. Do you have Brack at Halloween? Yes, but I have it all year round. But it's it's. Have you never seen? Maybe this is an Irish thing that you you get a, a fruit cake and there's a ring inside it at Halloween, and you. What? So your 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 thousands of Irish listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. That you. I you... think you've just been proposed to by several people via bracken <laughs> out. You haven't understood what's several happened. Several bakers over the years. Um, yeah. You know, and you used to get it, and it'd be wrapped in paper, and so then you'd discover it in your mouth of brack. And I think Ooh. I think traditionally, okay, well here, look, we're on a little little side note about Halloween traditions in Ireland. Um, traditionally, there would be different things. Oh no, maybe I'm thinking of plum pudding now. I don't know. I was going to say there's like a penny in it. There's a rag in it. There's all these different things, and they all meant um, different things for your future. But there you are. Is it just one lazy Irish baker who, who just a bit dr- dropped loads of things into the mix and then? managed to it was like lads it's a tradition it a selling point yeah exactly yeah. it sounds it sounds a bit like in uh in france they do that gâteau de roi thing which is like they put a little fake like a little porcelain king in the middle of a cake it's like a almond cake and uh and whoever gets the little king in their piece of cake has to go under the table or something like that well no they win and they get a crown that and do they go uh, under wait the those table are two because they're not, yeah, they're not. Those the same are two things. very different. Things. No, the youngest person in the group goes under the table. I don't know why. It's a bit weird. But I like. I really. I've every time <laughs> I've had the cake, I've really enjoyed it. So basically, Hugh's been to a lot of places where he's been proposed to via Brack, and Sean's been told to go under the table when he lived in Paris. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that that sums us up. And Sean, having never met each other before today, I think we're now. We now know everything we need to know. We are. Yeah. We, Hugh's we are. greatest skill as well. Oh, sorry, Sean, I stepped on you speaking. Oh, that's all right. No worries. I was just going to say we are the Baltimore boys now. We are the Baltimore boys. And can I just say, Will, that when you start off a sentence saying Hugh's greatest skill is, I am filled with terror because I have no idea what this could be anything, you know. What do you think I was going to say? I mean, you've already done the Brack thing, so I'm not sure what else I've got. That's kind of baking and eating Brack, I would have thought. But uh, no, playing articulate. Oh well, well yeah, well yeah, I'm I'm very good at that. Well, anyway, that's enough of Brack. That let's move yeah. on and let's uh, get Brack to that the was, that was, not moving on. That was the worst that. Brack pun. This is my problem. I just can't do puns. But why are we here? We're here today. It was practically terrible. Even if it was teed up for you. Oh, of course you're better. Um, It's Halloween. It's Halloween tomorrow. And uh, as a result of that, our episode this week is The Shining. Uh, Will, have you seen The Shining? No. Hugh, Hugh, have you seen The Shining? No, but I know it stars Brack Nicholson, so... Brack Nicholson, yeah, of course. Uh, well, See, Sean, that works because Brack sounds like Jack. It's just a shame that yeah. you'll have cut the seven minutes of Brack so that it now won't make any sense. But still. oh, we don't. We this all stays. Nothing. Oh yeah, we don't. We don't. Oh, we perfect, don't take okay. the Brack out. Okay, excellent. <laughs> you should after forty-five minutes, though. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so uh, you've 
You've watched the last very niche bracket. <laughs> you're getting just, pretty niche. I, I'd hate that someone would think this is very funny, but that they would actually miss out on some of the instructional content. But no, Sean, I've never seen The Shining. Okay, good, good. And, uh, and, but you have now watched the last 10 minutes. That's correct. And Will's yeah, lost double the, you, correct. Have you watched it? Did you watch it again today, Will? Yeah, I've technically watched uh, the last 10 minutes twice now so that's 20 minutes mm, so i've 20. watched 20 minutes okay but of the, the same of the minute. same thing yeah, yeah. and, and i just watched thing. the last minute 20 times so again yeah. we've got 20 okay. minutes again <laughs> so between us yeah we've got that covered and i've watched the whole bra- film bracked. maybe like 50 times so between the three of us we definitely are jack nicholson have you actually watched it 50 times uh, no, or I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean an exaggeratable amount though. Lots of times. No, yeah, I've watched it like maybe 10, 15 times. Wow. Um, it's quite long as well. I forgot about that. Anyway, um, so uh, Hugh, can you tell us what happens in the last 10 minutes? Just in case our viewers don't know what happens, uh, please spoil it for us. Yeah, all right. And, and we'll feel free to cut in whenever I invite you to do so. Yeah, great. Um, so what happens in the last 10 minutes? <laughs> It's very funny. Yes, it's how you always treat guests on your show. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It I, is, I, I it show is, off yeah. in front of my friends. Well, I suppose where did we? Where I suppose I, I want to make sure that we came in on the same ten minutes. We started up. We opened up in that maze, in some sort of tree snowy maze. Did that uh, agree with where you joined in, Will? Yeah. Yeah, just as he was walking, uh, Danny ran from the car, the snowmobile thing, towards the maze. Okay, you, I might, got you, you might have got about 30 seconds more than me. And you also know that his name yeah. was Danny, which I wasn't sure about. But So yeah, they were in this snowy tree maze. Jack Nicholson is, I was going to say running, he's not, he's kind of limping. I actually made a note saying he's either got a stitch or been stabbed. And I then obviously <laughs> we, see it, we see a knife later on, which maybe... <laughs> Maybe explains that, but yeah, he's he's chasing him. He's got a big like hatchet, like a long bladed, a long handled one blade. I think it's a brax. A brax. <laughs> yeah, well done. So uh, brings brings everything back to where we were. Um. So yeah, he's there's he, nothing like a pun that completely kills. Oh, completely <laughs> throws on someone off. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that they've no response. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, 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 perfect, yeah, okay. You could um, say that you, uh, you've you bracked it. <laughs> you could. Sean, the problem there is that I, your Wi-Fi is, is so problematic that I'm not even sure what puns you're making. So I'll just... I, I have a suspicion there was no pun and he was leaving it up to interpretation. Oh, very good, okay. okay. <laughs> it's so true. He was using it in the same way the Smurfs use Smurf. It was a context-based Brack. Okay, very good. For sure, yeah, also, sorry. the more we mention Brack, the more it necessitates us leaving the whole... Yeah. <laughs> the introduction but it's to this film But it's also some Halloween history for everyone there, so... <laughs> so they're running through this maze. Jack Nicholson is, is shouting after him and saying i'm i'm coming for you and then there's there's lots of footprints he's following his footprints and we're we're going to come back to the footprints because we've got a we've got a clever boy here in his in his little runaway from jack and then we went into the hotel and this is where for me it all it all went wrong really with this woman here who we presume <laughs> again i should say my knowledge of the shining is almost entirely based on the simpsons episode um based on the shining so i'm trying to link everything back to that 
Um, and, yes. and with this woman here, um, who's presumably Jack Nicholson's wife and Danny's mother, in a bizarre outfit, I'm sure, Will, you clocked that anyway. Do you know what? I could not tell you what she was wearing. Well, that's fine, because I'll tell you what she was wearing. She was wearing Fantastic. like a sort of beige polo neck underneath a like green and navy check shirt. I don't know what she was wearing trousers or skirt wise, but then she had a, a blue dressing gown on top and a big old knife, oh, a, yeah. a big, big cutty knife um, and wild eyes. Really? No, I accept again. Haven't seen the last one hour and 50 minutes of the film. She's not having a good day, clearly. But there was a lot of wobbly mm. eye acting going on, I feel. I don't know, is that oh, yeah. as, as actors it was whether very... you would say that's a particular technique, the wobbly eye? Yeah, you learn that in, like, second term of drama school, the old eye wobble. Yeah. But, it, you know, I think she overused it. It was very funny, I thought, watching it without the context mm. of the, like... Mm, absolutely. The uh, scariness. Now, it was like, this looks silly. It does look silly. And the other thing, though, is the knife. She She upset me in the way she was holding the knife. I mean, she is... And I, I speak. This may be the maybe the primary teacher in me, but she is the reason why you tell children not to run with scissors because the way she was holding that knife, she's not doing she's mm. not doing anything useful with that. Mm. Uh, you know, and uh, and here not, here's not, some, here, no, I don't think she's a casual knife holder. No, no, and and you know what, Sean, a weapon that you don't know how to use belongs to your enemy. Whoa! Wow, that is you, quote. You, That's some philosophy. You sound exactly like PC Bob Bowman, who came into my school to give the knife <laughs> talk uh, at uh, when we were in like year eight or something. It was PC Bob Bowman. Well, Will, um, Will, you're not going the, to believe this, but guess who's joining the podcast today? It's now no. Sergeant. He was promoted, Bob Bowman, and I'll throw it to Bob. Bob, how are you getting on? Oh, very well. Actually, having a lovely time. It's great to be great to be here. Thanks for getting me in. No problem at all. And have you any words for Will on knife safety or anything like that? Yeah, just um, that any uh, weapon you don't know how to use is your uh, the weapon of your enemy. Is the the way I would phrase it personally. And uh, most knife attacks actually uh, happen with someone who's brought the knife out themselves. Okay. And is there any clothes you should wear when you're carrying a knife? Any particular combinations yeah well it doesn't really matter about what you're wearing underneath it but i would advise a stab proof dressing gown mm -hmm. at all times okay. just get a sort of hotel like robe line it with kevlar and uh, it doesn't matter what you're waving about because you'll be all right okay okay and Brilliant. any words for the future sergeant bowman uh yeah if you would like to buy my book it's called knife no, we're to okay meet you, actually and, thank uh, you that's perfect <laughs> well, just no, it's, it's just come Sean, out in case there's any suspicion that will and i have been plotting this for for weeks um absolutely not uh that was some great improv from will there well done <laughs> hi oh sorry guys my internet cut out what happened oh, did you miss bob oh, we bowman? just met we just met we just met bob bowman i i had a what was he what i know yeah I had a. I how had, how no no how did you get in touch with PC Bob Bowman? He's he's I think he's, he's been, patched uh, patched in. I don't really know how it works, but I think he's been waiting like on the frequency for for a while to. Do you just have like I, I didn't know I was gonna bring him up. Why would he be waiting? He, well, he was on the waiting room, a Skype waiting yeah. room. And I just we just invited him in. Yeah. And he uh he made an appearance, and he was he was talking all about knives, That's... and um. He's got a new book out. Dumb. 
Unbelievable. There's no point waiting. I mean, what, knife to but meet? Will, if you're, if you're, have you read Knife to Meet You? Uh, well, I've, I've got a, an advanced copy. Okay, right, yeah. I did the four words. Yeah. We, well, had, a, we had a gun. Oh, go ahead, Sorry, Sean. you go on. Well, I was just going to say, we've got, we had a policeman come into our school in primary school, but he didn't talk about weapons. He talked about not getting into white vans with strangers and not... Uh, this is okay. This is really interesting that you bring this up, Sean, because he is actually here today. <laughs> he is, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought he would come in. Sorry, I don't know how Skype works. Hello, to bring him everyone. In. Uh, Hello. <laughs> oh, sorry, who's this? Is that it... Bob Bowman again? <laughs> no, no, this is not Bob Bowman. This is PC Plog Plog. Oh, and you're still a PC because Bob Bowman spent the intervening 20 years getting up to Sergeant. But you're, is that a sore point or plug, plug? No, how, are you, not, how are you getting on? No, not really. I'm still doing my thing in the schools, going around uh, talking about not getting into cars. I actually have a little puppet show now that I do. So it's okay. really taken off. Oh, yeah. That's, could you give us a little snippet of that, a little trailer? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I heard that you do lots of different accents for the different puppets. That's true, yeah, I do do it. I do, hello, my name is Crocker Crocker. Would you like to get in my car? I've got some refresher candy. But everyone oh, always no. says, everyone says oh, the Welsh no. puppet is the best. I'm... Sorry? Everyone do, always do says wanna... the... I was just interrupting you, Plot Plot, but I was saying the Welsh puppet and the Nigerian <laughs> puppet, apparently they have some amazing conversations between themselves. <laughs> They do, but we don't have time for that oh, now. So nice. we're just going to go back to. Thanks for coming in, plug plug. Um, You're welcome, everyone. I, uh, don't don't forget I, I, if you want to buy my puppets, they're online at puppetstore.com. No, okay, we don't have, actually have, have time for that. Um, <laughs> oh, hi guys. I'm sorry. I just went to the toilet for five minutes. What happened? What five minutes? You went for five minutes? <laughs> yeah, no. I, sometimes it happens. Anyway, right. So. We've we spoken a little bit about uh, the woman's dress code. What what else happens? Um, oh, she finds a dead body. She finds a, a dead body. Now, I think, and again, I'm showing my ignorance here, but my note on that is that this was the groundskeeper Willie person, presumably. Um, and I don't know whether that's right, but she finds a dead body. He's oh. lying there. He's got no arms, um, or at least no arm on the side we can see. She's very upset. I wrote down she's upset, which probably didn't need to be said. Um but and then what else happened oh there's then that guy showed up in a tux someone showed up in a tux with a glass of whiskey oh yeah mm. and said it was a great party said it was yeah, a great well, party what was happening there what happened with that I don't know I've only watched the last 10 minutes how the fuck would I know okay I, um, right. he go ahead Will yeah oh oh well I like he's definitely he's surely part of the picture that we saw at the mm. end right this party is like forever going on or something but he had blood coming down his head. I was very confused by the... I feel there were lots of different, very scary things going on in this film. Like, we have our apparition of this guy. We have skeletons. We have dead bodies. We have massive amounts of blood. This is the film with the two little girls as well, isn't it? Even though we didn't see them. So... Yeah, the twins. Yeah, the twins, yeah right? exactly. Yeah. So I feel like there's obviously, again, not a great hotel going on. But there seems to be... There seems to be like ghosts, physical scary things, blood. There's a lot of lot crammed in here. I feel like there's a lot of horror movies in one. Would that be fair, <laughs> Sean, as someone who's seen the movie? That I think that's I think that's a fair assumption. Mm. Um, what I wanted to ask you both, and um, 
what first of all we'll go to will what what you saw at the end there was a there was a picture on the wall yeah what what is that about who do you think those people are what do you think that's about well, that's like the gold room, right? Where they, and on the little sign, I paused it and I zoomed in like a CSI guy. Mm. And uh, it says the unwinding hours, which I thought, ooh, mm. that's interesting. And that's as far as my thoughts went. It, like, it's very, it's clear that it's like, a sudden, <laughs> it's clear that it's like a reveal that he's been there forever, right? That he's like, well, he's in his 40s in that picture and that was like 60 years ago or something like that. Uh, I don't know who those people are. I've no idea what's going on. It's a very unsatisfying thing to say because the whole point of this is to be like, oh, whoa, can they guess it? No, can't guess it. No idea. They're all having a great time at the Overlook Hotel, but it's creepy and he's like a demon or something. Maybe he's the devil, but then he dies. I don't know, Sean. Classic Kubrickian suspense. Fair enough. I imagine. uh, What we're going to do, because you're so confused, Will, we're going uh, to allow you guys to pitch me what you think happens in the rest of the film. So the, the, the whole of the film up until the last 10 minutes. Uh, we're going to start with you and then I might cut you off and move over to Will. We're going to jump around, but I want you to start, Hugh. Tell me what happens in the rest of this film. Okay, so I think that we start... I think we start with a scene from am I am I pitching you the movie as though I'm trying to sell you the movie or am I telling you what happens am I giving you a summary uh, because if I'm going to sell you the movie you're going to buy it oh, alright so yeah, I mean I buy it but no tell me what happens what happens so I think we we maybe we might have seen some I think we're, we've got a pre pre-credit sequence at the start with that party maybe with something about the party maybe you don't see him there but I think this party is something we've we've heard about before the rest of the movie then again it's a hotel we presume we're somewhere north, we're somewhere cold, we're somewhere we saw lots of snow out there, and and that these... And these... stop! Over to Will. Oh yeah, great, after Hugh's just described what we saw, mm-hmm. I'll take over, the, I'll do the heavy lifting. Anytime, Cheers, mate. Because you're the creative uh, guy here. Yeah, yeah, well, basically, uh, starts with that scene, and it's all great, and then Violet comes comes to work, Violet, that wobbly-eye girl, she comes to work at the hotel. How do you know her name, falls Will? In love. I completely made it up, but no, no, no. I think she looks like the act, the actress who plays Violet um, Baudelaire in the Lemony Snicket stuff. I th- feel like she could have played that part real good. Very good. So I think that's where I've taken the name from. Um, but she, I think she, I don't. It's very hard to know because initially I was like, because I think she's probably initially I thought she was a single mother, but then it's right. It does seem like he's the dad. Uh, so. Uh. Maybe they... I can't work out if he owns the hotel or if he's, like, the porter or the concierge. I'd like it if he was the concierge. <laughs> the demon concierge. Um, so she she comes to work at the hotel and they fall in love and get together, but then things start getting weird. But then it's like, things can't get weird for, like, eight years whilst the kid is growing up. Why not? Maybe that would be the weirdest thing of all. I think this is your problem, Will. I think this is... I agree with you. I think there's a there's a real idea of how long these things have been going on because i feel that okay clearly this guy seems to have gone mad we presume she didn't marry him when he was running around with an axe shouting at his son although some Mm. people you know you're into what you're into and there's no judgment here but i feel there's there must be a descent into into axe wielding things and yet are these but then where do our skeletons come in it's a creepy hotel 
I mean, mm. I reckon, I reckon that the, the he went mad because he used to have to go out and chop down the trees and also grow the maize. Mm. So I think he made that maize mm. himself. And like he was doing so much physical labor, he got a real bad stitch that just didn't go away. Yeah. yeah. And he's had that stitch for like six years, and it just has drove him crazy. And he's also, I and I don't think it. he's ever come out of the maze either. He's just going he's... around and around with the, oh, the right. stitch. So and you know when a stitch is... just gets worse when you can't, when you yeah, keep going, yeah, yeah. but he can't find so his way. Is that, is that what the shining through. is then? Is the shining when you get a really bad stitch that lasts yeah. maybe a couple of years? And you get and you that decide, moment of clarity. You decide to like, build a maze to to yeah. to try and remedy it. Have you never heard that phrase before? Yeah. You just said, "Oh, no. I just had such a shining," and and someone said, "What do you mean?" You said, "Yeah, no, I, I just I went for a run and I've got this stitch and then I built a maze and it took me four years and I've been running around with an mm. axe." Mm. And now I'm a demon. Now I'm a demon. The demon I'd love concierge. to be in the. I'd, I'd love to be in the doctor's room and the guy goes in and goes, oh, "I've got a real bad case of shining." He's like, "You know what you need." Amaze. Well, it's like how they have like if you have a black eye, you call it a shiner. It's like a that's the the abdominal version of that. It's a shining. It's because it's lower. Mm. Yeah, it's because you add ing for anything mm. to do with your ing digestion in there because it's lower lower down in the gut. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Well, guys, I think we're probably more confused than we were at the beginning of this mm. episode. One hundred percent. But I'm glad you've both watched the last ten minutes. You've told me a little bit about it. We still don't know what that that photo's about but to be fair I think that it's confusing in itself um, and uh, you think The Shining's about someone who has a stitch which I think is a great plot line and that's definitely something that we should create uh, just people running around mazes with stitches well I um, think it's something that you, you'd see Sean that no one has sympathy when you have a stitch you know it's no, the least true, yeah. sympathetic if you, if you said to someone for example, take the, the guy who's lying on the floor. If you said my arm is cut off, people are going to be like, oh, my God, you know, you poor guy. Whereas if you say, I've got a really bad stitch, mostly people just think well, you're not fit enough then, you know. Yeah. Especially so I think that's what horror... the descent into madness was. Yeah. And, and especially in a horror film, I think a stitch mm. isn't something people are going to stop and be like, Jesus, we need to sort, you know, like you're saying, like, it's not it's not big news. If someone's no. like, oh, God, it's like that. We don't put that in the film. Not when there's blood um, fountaining out yeah. of the I think lifts. probably Jack Nicholson as well has some sort of criminal past and he's a, he's an informant for the police and, you know, snitches, snitches get, get stitches. stitches so. mm. Yeah, very good, Will. Very, <laughs> good. <laughs> very nice. Um, right, we're going to move on Another to... Another little uh, momentum killer for you there. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to move on to the... Tri- I got loads of them. Yeah, thanks, Will. Uh, we're going to move on to the trivia round. Um, so, uh, Hugh, what we do in this round... Oh, you know. You know what we do in this round. I'm we, as a fan we of the ask, podcast. We ask, we ask questions, and we score out of 80, uh, which makes sense. It's and, out of 85. Uh, 85. Sean, excuse me. Is it I, I know your podcast right? better than you do. It's, I think Jesus you do. It's been a while. Um, Will, don't look at me like that. Will's frozen, so he's looking at me. <laughs> I'm not frozen, I'm just dead still because I'm so upset. <laughs> All right, 85. So I'm going to score you. You each have the opportunity to get 85 points. There are eight questions. Um, I think they're pretty hard. Uh, but we're... we're uh, you both got... Yeah, they're going to be pretty difficult. So number one. Uh, Hugh, you were talking about the Simpsons episode, and uh, this is one question about Simpsons. So, in the Simpsons tribute episode, Treehouse of Terror, Will, have you seen the Simpsons? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that one with uh, Bender and Leela, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, in that episode, who played the character of the cook or gardener? Will you go first, oh. mate? The cook or the gardener? Oh, it's got to be... Uh... I was going to say Dr. Nick, but I don't think it would be Dr. Nick. He'd probably play, play, play the doctor, wouldn't he? Um, if, you were, if you were listening closely yeah. to Hugh earlier, you probably would have heard it. But I think oh, well, there's Willie, groundskeeper Willie. Then because you're such a bad friend, you you didn't you didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I mean it, it does impair your hearing when you have no love for the people around you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Okay, you so you're up with hate. Who are you saying? Sorry. No, no, we, we were all waiting for someone to say, this, this is what happens sometimes. Well, I was, I was doing a bit that I couldn't hear you because my ears were clogged up with That's hate, so it was yeah. on someone else to say something there. Okay. It's a complete accident. Uh, I, need a, I need an answer. I need an answer. So, Hugh, who are you saying? Who played the cook gardener in Treehouse of Terror? I think Reverend Lovejoy. Reverend Lovejoy. And yeah, you're because saying, it's well, kind of a holy, spiritual, freaky demon. He's got to get rid of a demon. Reverend Lovejoy. Perfect. Reverend Lovejoy. Will saying? Groundskeeper Willie. Groundskeeper Willie. Okay, number two. In that same episode, what was it that stopped Homer's insanity and saved the family? Let's go to you first, Hugh. I think it was that Marge came out with a big knife, wobbly eyes, wearing um, a polo neck green and black check and he uh well actually i i again basing my entire knowledge of the film on this i presume that the reason jack nicholson went crazy is because he didn't have any beer or any tv and i presume that once homer got those back he was then saved again oh. all okay. work and no play makes makes jack a dull boy isn't is that, that from, from the shining is it I think so. I'm saying nothing. Uh, so you're. That's so, absolutely. That means that must it is. be one of the next questions. Yeah. yeah. So can I take I'm your first say, answer? I'm going to say groundskeeper Willie. Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> okay, so you're saying groundskeeper Willie mm-hmm. was what helped Homer's insanity and save the family. Well, what are you saying? Uh, I'm going to say instead of like a wall of blood that we saw in the last ten minutes splashing everywhere, it was a wall of duff beer. Um, wall of duff beer. I like that. I that's, like good. That. that like, that's good. Sounds Sounds very tasty. Tasty wool. I want to lick it. Okay. Uh, number. number Sean f- says that about most walls. That's you shouldn't say yeah, that yeah. about groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> no. Well, he's not a wall. That's true. <laughs> no. He's definitely a groundskeeper. Uh, so number three, Shelley Duval, or Duval, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it on Wednesdays, plays Wendy Torrance. That was her actual name. She was interviewed by Dr. Phil and unfairly portrayed. Who does she think is still alive who has been confirmed dead? This is the actor. So the actor, Shelley Duvall, who plays Wendy Torrance, she was interviewed by Dr. Phil uh, and unfairly portrayed but she still thinks that there's a person who's alive who's been confirmed dead who is that person Tupac Shakur okay when you say she was unfairly portrayed 
in an interview. Do yeah. you mean by herself? Did she unfairly portray herself? Uh, no, I mean, I mean that she was. I think she was unfairly portrayed by the media. Uh, uh. Um, but she does truly believe that someone is still alive who is definitely dead. Ah. Uh. So I want to change my answer. No, no, you, I've, I've got to take your first you, answer. See, I know you, you want. No, yeah, no, you can't. You can't change. You want to say groundskeeper, Willie? I know because I presume that's right. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna say the man. I'm gonna say Elvis Presley, who she Elvis thinks Presley. played the man who lost his arm in The Shining. Okay. Oh, it's. Uh, I would change my answer to Princess Diana. Okay, but you're going with Tupac, so that's that's. Yeah. that's fine. I don't want uh, to. Much of a muchness, yeah, you, to be honest. Yeah. To be honest, I get the both s- of them confused. So, okay, question four: What are the names of the three hotels that the film and book are based around? There are three hotels that the film and the book are based around. What are their names? The Overlook Hotel. We know that. We know they overlook. It's an Overlook Hotel, which is presumably why they don't see any of the skeletons, the elevators of blood, any of these things beforehand. It's just all a bit of overlooking it. There you are. Do you mean Overbrack? Overbrack, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's like when you get a sort of slightly sexy shot at the top of the brack. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, okay, so and the other hotels. Any other guesses? Will throwing it to you. Uh, travel lodge. Yeah, faulty towers. Yeah, perfect. Um, faulty towers, travel lodge, and the overlook. I feel yeah. like that was a bad question. I'm sorry. I apologise on behalf of the last ten minutes. Um, question number five. <laughs> uh, the movies changed the book's hedge animals to a maze. Hedge animals? Yeah, so in the book they were hedge animals and the movie changed it to a maze. This maze does not exist, but what is the trick to always find your way out of a maze? Oh, Hugh's definitely going to know this. Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you. What's the trick? Okay, so Hugh, you go... Oh, that's clever, yeah. All right, actually, Hugh... Uh, let's let's will will go first because uh, he has no idea. No idea. Well, either you um you just like you're the chosen one and you uh you follow your way through and find Cedric and then go through the port key. But I think it's you always turn left. I think I don't understand why that would make sense, but I think it's something that people might say. Okay, and Hugh, what are you saying? Well, just firstly, that Will's answer is just indicative of the wishy-washy liberal nature of this whole podcast, that we're just always going left. Yeah, absolutely. That's (laughs) how you get out of the maze. Any trouble, just go further to the left. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it is. No wonder you loved when all that red blood came pouring out of the lift, didn't you? Yeah, like a big red flag. you, know you are you are the people who make this about identity politics. I just think going left is better. You're the one who's saying that's a choice. <laughs> I ingrained so deeply ingrained now, Will, that you can't get away from it. How do you not get out of a maze? How do you get out of a maze or not get out of a maze? You follow the trail of 
you follow the trail of bodies from all the people who nearly got out of the maze. You see everyone, there'll always be a little Hansel and Gretel ahead of you, but they never quite make it out. That's how you do, trail of bodies. And they all, they all were turning right, and I think we understand why they died. Well, I think we'll have to wait and see the... The, um... I was trying to think of a phrase that means... All right, I'm going to stop you uh, on your quest of left and probably right. Probably a very good uh, idea. <laughs> uh, number six, Stephen King famously did not like this film. What did he say to describe it? What, did he, what quote did he use to describe it? Will, will you go first, mate. Off with his head. And Hugh? I'd say he said, all wobbly eyes and no... Hedge Animals makes The Shining a dull film. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> How'd you feel, Will? I misunderstood you f- yeah. which king we were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just heard the word king and got excited. Unusual for, <laughs> a, I'd like to change for, a, for a liberal. You've got to listen better. Look, uh, mate, any point <laughs> that I get to take down the monarchy in any right-wing institution, I'll take it. <laughs> Okay, number seven. What? What? There was a filming. There was a filming technique that was used for the first time ever in this film. First time it was ever used. What is the name of that filming technique and what did it do? Buzz. Wobbly eyes. Wobbly eyes. Her eyes don't actually wobble. It's the filming technique that they wobble everything else around her eyes so that just the eyes come out wobbly. Okay, yeah. lovely. I like that. Is it the whole I film? Is it a film like technique an that was used... Then. In the whole film? Uh, uh, yeah, most of it, yeah. Pretty much, well, not the whole film, but it's something that was never used ever before and uh, was really unique. Is it running, like, handheld running around? Like, because I feel like when they were going through the maze, you got a really good feeling that you were in that maze. Mm. Uh, Will, what would you say? Uh, I'd say they shared all of the the wealth and profits of the film equally between all the crew and cast. <laughs> Remember this is and like, it this is worked 19... really really well. Yeah, 1980 doesn't, doesn't sound plausible. Doesn't sound plausible to me. <laughs> it's either that or they used long long like tracking shots. No, did they do punch-ins? Oh fuck knows. Long tracking okay, shots. I'm going to take your first answers from from left we... to left. Which I'm going to take your first answers, guys. Which means Hugh thinks it's googly eyes, and uh, Will Will thinks that it's uh, uh, equality in films and production. Mm. Now they panned from the left. So uh, <clears throat> this is the I final. I think they probably panned from the right, and they did that <laughs> differently because the right is scarier. So if you start on the right, poor, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, no, or they did it left to right because that's a scarier move going from the left to the right I'd rather people went from the right to the left I feel like you've you, have you got lost in a lot of mazes is this why you're obsessed ah, with them yeah, yeah. I was in a maze today that's a, that's really? a fact that's a true fact I went for a walk what? today I don't believe that why would you not have brought this up earlier yeah because I just, I'm in mazes all the time you know and I was in That's a maze, amazing. but it was it was very it was very low. Again, I'm showing even you can't see what I'm demonstrating here. But it was probably about two feet high, and there was no snow, no axes, no wobbly eyes, no anything. And did we always go left? No, we didn't, and we made it through. Of course, you didn't. You just trampled straight through it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was if it's 
if it's not taller than you, then you don't have to worry about making your way out because you can, you know, you can, yeah, just you can. Fly. Yeah, that's capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, last question. Last question, guys. What is the longest commute of a production member on this film during filming? What's the longest commute? Miles or hours? I'll give you. I, I'll give you. I'm, I'm. No, I'm talking like to and from. So like, I, it's a big one. Just I need a to and a from in terms of where and. <laughs> um. Okay, okay. I said miles <laughs> or hours, and you said I need a to and a from. Yeah, two, two miles like, yeah. from hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, so. Forty miles from seven minutes. That's I think. <laughs> Forty um, miles from seven. I minutes. reckon. California to Canada. California to Canada. Okay. No, I think it's like 12 meters. Okay. I think they California were all very <laughs> put on, all put on set, all put on location. They were all living there, so 12 meters. Okay, okay. All right, guys, that's the end of the trivia round for The Shining. Um, so let's go through and reveal who has won um, today and... Uh, We've never had anyone get 85 points ever. So this could be... Well, that's because you never remember how many points we're actually giving out. So, Is it well or is it that you just don't care? Look, no, if we listened to me, then we'd all share the points equally. I will say that I'm (laughs) very competitive and this is the only part of the show that I've actually been looking forward to is finding out the results of the trivia round. All right, well, maybe maybe we should stop. joke answers there, which surprised me here. I thought you'd just be like... I'm not going to mess around here. I'm going to guess. But you did some... Uh, I'm going to say silly answers. But you see, Will, what I'm hoping is that because my joke answers weren't actually funny, that I'll still get credit as though they were serious answers. Mm. Mm. I doubt it. Probably okay, not. right. So, the moment of truth. Question one. In the Simpsons tribute episode, Treehouse of Terror, who played the character of the cook, gardener? The answer was Groundskeeper Willie. So, Will, mm. you get that one right. Uh, because yes. you did yes. say groundsweeper Willie. Yes. I'm afraid you uh, you don't get any points for that one. All right. Uh, sorry All right. about that. Uh, question well, number fine. two. In that same episode, what was it that stopped Hoomer's <laughs> stopped Hoomer's insanity and saved the family? The answer was <laughs> the... TV. Ah, it was a TV, TV coming out TV. of the elevator. Not it Duff. was a TV. It was a TV actually a... in the snow in that episode that saved. So, oh. uh, Will, you said, uh, what did you say? I, I said TV in the snow. Yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> uh, I think I think you'll find that I said Duff beer. I said Duff beer. You did. You did say Duff beer. And uh, and Hugh, uh, you. I thought you were going to get that one right, but you didn't quite get it right. I'm afraid. I talked a good so, game, but no. You did. Yeah, you did. Uh, so, question number three. Shelley Duvall plays Wen- Wendy Torrance, who was interviewed by Dr. Phil and unfairly portrayed. Who does she think is still alive and confirmed dead? The answer is Robin Williams. Um, oh. So, nobody got... Elvis Presley was not oh. right, and Tupac was not right. And uh, who else were you going to say? When was well, this? This was a while ago. This was after he died. What? <laughs> I assumed it was after he died. <laughs> it was only it was like three years ago, maybe. And what's her what's her was... what's her belief? What's her story? What's she going with? I think she what just is, what does she know that we like, don't know? I think she just thinks he's like a spirit that's still with us, or like that he's he's just taken like a holiday. Hmm. Um, 
Those are two exceedingly <laughs> different things, Sean. Which one does she think? <laughs> is she... either a spirit who's still with us, or he's in the I think she thinks... He's what? taken a he's holiday like a from the spirit world. Exactly. Oh, to come over here. Question number four. What are the names of the three hotels at the film Basin Book on? This is quite a hard one. Uh, I wasn't actually looking for terrible, the, terrible the, the name of <laughs> the name of the hotel in the film. The I was looking for the ones that the they were based on, which was the Ahawahini. Uh, wait, let me say this right. Awani Hotel in Yosemite Park. Uh, Yosemite. <laughs> Yosemite Park. <laughs> Hugh's been to Yosemite. He should have known that. I have, yeah. But they didn't tell me that. No. Timberland Lodge in tour. Oregon was mm. another one. Timberland. Timberland. Yeah, you want to make the, shoes? Make the shoes? Or the Timberla- and the Timberline. And the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which is where Stephen King stayed before he wrote this. Uh, so nobody. That was a bit difficult, that one. I think uh, we would have had a better chance five. if you'd phrased it in a more. Ex- Explainable and understandable way. Yeah, well, so that's I'll take that on the chin. Uh, question number five: The movies change the book Hedge Animals to a maze. This maze does not exist, but what is the trick to always find your way out of a maze? Follow the left side of the hedge is the right answer. So, Will, you got that one right. No, don't. Uh, follow the bodies is not a liberal, classic liberal bias. <laughs> Question number six, Stephen King. Who are you? The going BBC, to start, I'm going to start designing a maze where you can't get out of it by staying left. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay in touch that's... with you for the podcast, but that's, that's All what right, I'm no going to do now. Yeah, that's huge. Glad to know we're entertaining you. Question yeah, number six. Stanley King famously did not like this film. What did he say to describe it? It wasn't off with his head. Hugh, you were actually quite close with this. He said, a fancy car without the engine. Oh, well, thank um, you, you for saying you, that my answer was close, but you said yeah, that's you, well, no, because line. you said you said something, something, but something, something. So you you, you know you were closer than off with his head. Oh, Sean, it um, sounds like you're saying of, it sounds like no, it sounds like you're gently crooning to us. Okay. Question number seven. But. Uh, <laughs> oh, we really, we really can't hear you at the moment, Sean. Let's oh, cut no. to commercial break. Hello, my name's PC Bob Bowman, and if you like true crime books, then you'll like my book because it's true and about crime. Don't go outside on your own. Don't get in vans with crocodile puppets. PC Bob Bowman, knife to meet you on sale now. Thank you. If this is PC Bob Bowman, do not approach him. He maintains that going to schools and telling children... Actually, I know what it is. I figured it out, guys. What? Plog. Was it Plog Plog? Is warning Plog, you Plog. against Bob Bowman. That's the guy. He's yeah. the guy. He's the it's guy a big with rivalry. the van. He's the guy with the van. And that's I... how he got his promotion, is he just greased Look, the right just... hands. It's a riot van. A, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna. Can you, if I tell you to. Guys, can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me? Not, not well. really. Oh, that was better. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna try and finish this round, if I can. So. Um, One of my new favorite things about 2020 is that people will just sit in front of their laptop and go, 
and you go, oh, it's breaking up. And you go, oh, okay, can you hear me now? And do nothing, <laughs> but just keep saying, can you hear me now? So we've done nothing to change it, but I'm just hoping it's got better. Well, the thing is, if I reset the box, it could completely fuck us. So I think uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to move yeah. on. There was a filming technique that was used for the first time in this film. It was called Steadicam where you follow the actors as they move to give a viewer of the idea of being them. Um, Hugh, I'm going to give you a point for that because you did say following people yeah, around. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and, uh, Although it, it was exactly but, the opposite of my real answer, which was wobbly cam. So, yeah, In fairness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit <laughs> that I got that answer about as wrong as you could get. Okay, well, I'll take but, the points away. Sean, do um, you know if it's like the Steadicam technology, like the early, uh, early stuff of what they have now, where you have it on like, like the way chickens' heads, if you move their bodies, their heads will stay in a in the same place. Did you know that? Yeah, so it, it's it's yeah, it's exa- like that thing. Yeah, so it's the kind of thing that you hold, and it and the thing it rests against your body, and you can run yeah. with it. So they were able to run behind the actors a lot, which is why they you keep get it the, steady. When you watch the re- when you watch the rest of the film, you'll see it. Uh, okay, what's the longest commute of a production member during this film? The answer is Philadelphia to London every week by Concord. That is that so unreasonable. So, can you believe it? Hire someone else. Yeah. Who was Who that? Who was it? What job were know. they doing? It was a. It was just a producer, I think, that was that needed to be in London at the weekends. And I um, mean, that is. Uh, it, I mean, I'm really doubling down on my if it was, left well, actually, bias, but in that actual is fact, wasteful. I think, I think most of it was filmed in London, so it probably was Philadelphia to London and back to Philadelphia. But every um, week. That's a... Well, anyway, guys, uh, yeah. not bad. Uh, Will, I'm going to give you uh, 25 points. And oh. uh, Hugh, I'm going to give you 25 points as well. So it's a draw. Nice. And- Absolute outrage. <laughs> I thought you'd like today. a nice, even-handed, all resources shared among everyone, you know? Hugh, I like talking about how I'm all fair, preach. but I... No, I don't practice what I preach. I like winning. Mm, well. I, I like the best rising to the top. Okay. But... Uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, some freestyle rap now, guys. Um oh, Jesus. So uh, don't uh, if this is the first time you've ever freestyle wrapped, um, it's an open space. It's a safe space. Yeah, I'd, do I'd, what like you want. To, I'd like to point out, I suppose, that while you two are actors and performers, I am mm. a teacher. So my freestyle mm. rap may largely be about responsibility in the classroom. Well, that's, <laughs> that's... are you saying we're about to get schooled here? Oh. <laughs> oh. That's absolutely fine. But I'm actually going to give you some freestyle rap uh, context. So I'm going to give you some of the main plot points to freestyle rap. That's the worry. That's the worry with the freestyle (laughs) rap. Not that it'll be embarrassing and bad, but it'll be out of context. We'll go. I had some pretty good cricket stuff going off, to be honest. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Will, uh, I'd like you to start freestyle rapping. uh, If you'd like to drop a beat for us. Okay. Um, oh, this is this never works by a sky. <laughs> Over a three way zoom, how could works. it go wrong? We, exactly. <laughs> we try it every time. So this is the plot point. When the family moves into the hotel, head chef Dick Halloran surprises Danny by D- Sorry, telling... Dick Halloran. Yeah. Head chef Dick Halloran surprises Danny by telepathically offering him 
ice cream. I hate when people what? do that. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, like so every time you when the go family to a moves hotel. to the hotel, head chef Dick Halloran surprises Danny by telepathically offering him ice cream. I want you to riff around that situation. Uh, Hugh, when you're ready, drop a beat. Okay. Boom, boom, doodle-loo. Boom, doodle-loo. Boom, boom, doodle-loo. Boom, boom, doodle-loo. Boom. Okay. Boom, boom. Oh, welcome to the hotel. Do you need a poop? There's the toilet. And if you'd like a scoop of ice cream, you can have some in here. I'll give you some chocolate or some vanilla. That's how I pronounce beer, man. My name is Dick. I'm a Halloran. Wait, that guy didn't say that out loud. How did I hear that? Why is she wearing a shroud? Over her clothes, she looks so strange. Let's go home and get some orange ice cream. Or should I say, it's not gonna be cream, it's gonna be some Oh, nice. That's brilliant. Okay, I love that. I love that. And a lovely beat to back everyone. Uh, okay, Will, I'd like you to drop a beat now. And Hugh, I'm gonna give you some context. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so Jack wanders into the hotel's gold room and meets a ghostly bartender named Lloyd to whom he complains about his marriage. Oh. Where, oh, okay, that's enough, that's enough. So Jack wanders into the hotel's gold room and meets a ghostly bartender named Lloyd to whom he complains about his marriage. Okay. Brack go. Jack, time for a rap. Okay, 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 come on, we're running in the room, we're in the room, what is it, gold? Are you saying this is gold? It's getting old, I'm really gonna fold if I'm playing poker, got a poker, a hoker, got a joker, and I, I'm just gonna rhyme words, and words, and oh, these words are like turds, they're smelling really bad, and I need to talk, hey there, who's that behind the bar, give me a jar, I gotta talk about my wife, I'm feeling lots of strife, it's hurting on my life, and how is, your name is Lloyd, you run a bank, and you gotta have the tank, yay, overlook hotel. What's going on? Woo! Nice. I no. didn't hear a word of that because when I was making noise, I couldn't hear you. Well, that's well, normally what happens in your life. probably for the best. Yeah. My computer is covered in saliva <laughs> since I was uh, putting down my, uh, my backing, so I'm not sure that uh, that was... Oh, that can happen. When, when you're spitting some fresh rhymes, there's often yeah. a lot of saliva. Yeah, absolutely. I, now having learnt those two facts about the film, I am so confused. I have no I idea. I know. Okay, here comes another one. Will, I'd like you to rap about... And again? This. Oh, Jesus. Jack investigates room 237 and encounters a dead woman's ghost. But he tells Wendy that he saw nothing. Mm. Oh. Okay, oh. off you go. Knock knock on the door of room 237 Wait a minute, someone in here has gone to heaven Or maybe to hell I can't really tell, it's hard to know This woman looks pale, she's dying She's sad, oh no wait, she's back She's a ghost, oh shit I better go back and get some ice cream From the main man dick I'm feeling so scared I and mean, I'm gonna be sick Then Wendy comes in, she says Hey man, I say, hey Wendy, how's Peter Pan? And she says, what are you talking about? That's a different story I say, oh I didn't see anything Everything's fine. Let's go back to bed and then you can have one of mine. By one of mine, I mean my drinks that I got from the bartender. Uh, and this is the last word the rhyme ender. Nice. That one was quite a long uh, one. Mm. Uh, it was, and not much happened in it. No. No, but 
that's that's fine. We're not we're not Is we're it? not expecting masterpieces here. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm living <laughs> up to expectations then. Okay. Last one. Uh, Hugh, I'd like you to do this one, and mm-hmm. Will, you're gonna give the the beats. So. Um, oh, I'm actually gonna just pop to the loo. I'll do the beats for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Sergeant Blood okay. back. Yes, uh, it's Bob. Oh, it's Bob Thurman. Bob Thurman. I'm getting mixed up with our Sergeant fictional Bob policeman. He's a completely different man. He is a charlatan and a corrupt man who's trying to undermine my book-selling van business. Okay, can you give us a beat, though? Oh, yeah, I can. Okay, all right. So, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> this is what you're uh, going to be rapping about. So, hearing Halloran arrive in a snowcat... Jack ambushes and murders him in the lobby, then pursues Danny into the hedge maze. Mm, Got that? going on there, yeah. Okay. All right, off you go. Halloran, Halloran, come back when I call you running away. You're running into the lobby and there's a bobby dropping my tracks for this rap. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm cutting off your arm and now you're going to the farm. Well, it's not a farm, but it's a maze and I'm getting really crazy. Keeping to the left, that's not what we do. We gotta stay right, that's the only way to might. You gotta keep up the fight. Danny, come back, it's only your daddy. I'm running after you, laddie. That man in the lobby with the bobby and the arm he's coming back come back to me and stay left in the charming <laughs> amazing this is great I think we found our new uh, vocation mm, yeah. I've already sent my resignation <laughs> like to the school so. PC Bob Bowman is a sergeant now but he still beatboxes his previous title <laughs> yeah Bob Bowman I like that that was very nice. Thanks, Bob Bowman. Right, okay. Uh, some lovely raps there uh, from both of you. Um, I want to move on to a debate, if that's all right. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Famously, this film is said to be the cause of the le- the woman who's in it, Shelley Duvall. Uh, it's meant to be... She never worked again, really, after this film. She did. She did Popeye... She was Olive in Popeye, but then she oh. never worked really after that. And it's meant to be the cause, this film, of her growing mental illness. Uh, oh. There were so many takes and no stand-ins for this film. So Shelley end up, ended up losing her hair as a result. So they had no, oh. no stand-ins to do lighting. So the actors were on set for like, I don't know, 20 hours a day. Um, Ugh. So what I want you to do is I, I want you to argue... So, Hugh, I want you to argue for method acting, the, the pros to method acting. Perfect. And, Will, you're going to be arguing against method acting. So I want you to explain to us why it should never be used. Uh, so we'll start hmm. with the four because, you know, let's start, yeah. with, let's start with... Let's start with uh, Hugh. Off you go. <laughs> Okay, and I'm going to instantly change topic and talk about the economics of this film. So first of all, we've already learned that people were commuting from Philadelphia to London. So money was clearly either no object in this film, in which case they should have had stand-ins, or all the money was spent on that one person's commute. So therefore, who needs a stand-in? 
As for method acting, well, I have always been a big fan of method acting. You just want to get in there, you want to be the guy you're going to be, and then where's the acting in it? You get those eyes wobbling, you get the knife holding like that. There's no, that's probably the cause of her mental illness, rather than I'm just going to do a little PR for the film studio here, so that's stopping any suit coming, is that wobbly knife, poor lack of, poor lack of safety, poor safety, poor lack of safety awareness, that's what's going on here. It's got nothing to do with her being on set. I refuse to hear this. I'm not going to accept any argument coming from Will. Already I can see he's going to come up with some human rights argument about, yeah, she shouldn't have to be standing on set. Well, let me tell you, that's what made her the actor she was. This is a woman who believes that Mar Martin Williams, who's a former Welsh rugby player, that Robin Williams <laughs> is still alive and living happily with Martin Williams. This is a woman. That's how she got to that place, by being a method actor. She knows what she's doing. Doing. She doesn't appreciate it, but let me tell you, Martin Williams does. Amazing. Okay, brilliant. Well done. That was really good. Uh, Will, would you like to argue against, please? Against method acting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to... Hugh thinks he could guess what, what's going to be said, so it's very arrogant of him. Uh, arrogant in the same way that method acting is arrogant. Method acting is one of those things that exists it creates a narrative around the film's narrative the film's narrative should speak for itself i don't care that daniel day lewis wore old shoes for the whole filming of lincoln i don't give a fuck about that i don't think it it is uh i don't think it is the method it's a method and even stanislavski who coined the original thing by the end of his life was doing breath work with opera singers so he was even bored of that technique itself it is entirely male ego driven and it is just about oh my god i did this thing and it was such a struggle no it wasn't a struggle you're an actor being paid millions of dollars that's not a struggle go home and brush your teeth the final thing i would say is that if you are really a method actor you should you, you should not if the fire alarm goes off and there's a fire in the building you should stay there because abraham lincoln wouldn't know what a fire alarm was he would burn to death you should die for your art and then everyone should stop doing method acting judy dench is a great actor helen mirren is and they don't do any of that bullshit thank you good night i love you i'm sold very nice very good um I'm actually going to give the uh, it's very both very good arguments, but I'm going to give the points to uh, Hugh there for enthusiasm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he was very he was very very good at or orating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, I want you to argue for and against isolation. Um, so isolation is quite a big theme in this film. Uh, mm. So uh, Will, you're going to argue for. Uh, I'm going to give you one minute actually. So uh, one minute from now. You've got one minute to argue for isolation. Go. Everything in isolation is better. One, uh, learning from current events, you can't spread viruses and kill people. You're keeping people safe. That's very good. You don't have to compare yourself to other people when you're in isolation. If something is served in isolation, then it's going to be better. It's an individual thing and you don't have other things to look at it and compare it to. And there is a thing known as the burden of choice. When we're given a lot of things to look at, we suddenly find it harder to choose. It was simpler when there were three TV channels and it was just old white men who were in charge of everything. They still are, but it's better that way. All right, it's better when it's just single item things. Everyone eats vanilla, everyone's happy, no one thinks any differently. The world shouldn't change. I love isolation, don't let me outside. Very good. You've still got 16 seconds. What would you like to say? I'd just like to sit in isolation for a while because I like it so much. Okay. 
Oh, I would like to add that in my van, I love to sit on my own. It's like an own little quarantine. Okay, section. thanks very much. That's it. Time up. Thanks, uh, Bob Bowman there. Just a little bit of a, a feature. Uh, okay, uh, against isolation, please. Hugh, you've got a minute. Ready? Go. Okay, well, Will might be surprised to learn that I agree with absolutely everything he said. I'm in favour of all of that type of uh, single-minded, single-purse, low-choice, isolated living. But the only way to properly achieve that is to not isolate yourself. It is to go out into the community. It is to see other people. It's to compare yourself. It's to isolate when it is not easy to isolate. It's to become that island that you can be in a crowd. It's to become alone when you're with others. That's how you get that proper mindset. That's how you do. That's how you eat vanilla ice cream when everyone else is eating chocolate. It's easy to eat vanilla when everyone's eating vanilla, Will, or when Sergeant Halloran offers you vanilla telepathically through the maze <laughs> or whatever that was in this film. This film makes no sense. But that's what I'm going to say, Will, okay? You can isolate. You can do your little soft lily-livered isolation on your own. Me, I isolate with other people. Okay, very good. And that was exactly a minute as well. Well done. Um, I've practiced that speech a lot. So. I think the points are going to go to Hugh again, just because uh, I like being with people too. So I'm going to give you the points there. <laughs> that, that, that's good. I mean, A, that's giving points to his stance, mm-hmm. which is yeah. one you chose. And yeah. number B, I'm pretty sure he argued for isolation, just in a different context. <laughs> Okay, uh, last one. Argue. So, uh, <laughs> I just ignored it. He just ignored it. <laughs> argue that Jack was possessed by ghosts. So this is one side. Uh, Hugh, I want you to argue that Jack was possessed by ghosts. It wasn't his fault. And plus, his wife and son were very annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will, <laughs> Will, I want you to argue that Jack lost his mind and that all the blame should be put on him. So we'll start with Will. Uh, you've got one minute. Off you go. Um, this is a tale of, of uh, mental illness and personal responsibility. There's no point bringing... You can bring any sort of impetus that you like. At the end of the day, it comes down to his choices and the choices he made. Obviously, we have to be sensitive to like you know being in a difficult situation. I've not been telepathically offered any sort of food substance, nor have I seen a corpse, nor is my marriage on the rocks. Um, my marriage is neat. Um, I've distracted myself with how good that was and now I don't know what I'm saying. Um, obviously there is stuff that is problematic and you know he's experienced, that's hard. But at the end of the day, it comes down to him. I have had tough times, but I've never followed my son around with an ax. And that's not just because I don't have a son or an ax, that's because I understand that other people can get hurt and I don't want to hurt them. And no matter how ill you are, you can still understand that deep down um and 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 i forget what my point is so i would okay like stop, to there. stop stop there. thank very you good very good okay uh uh so you're arguing that jack was possessed by ghosts it wasn't his fault and plus his wife and son are very annoying off you go Hugh. you've got a minute all right here we go well first of all the son so the son i was saying he was quite a clever boy because he was doing that little stepping backwards in the footprints to hide the way he was going but he did it so slowly he covered about three footprints can you imagine being that boy's father getting him to do anything (laughs) it takes forever and then you say honey will you please cut some bread and she comes out with a knife waving it around like this 
I, I'm not surprised. Those ghosts possessing him, probably the best thing that ever happened. At the same time, though, I think you can see I have sympathy for Jack. He's wandering through there. We could see at the end of the film he's groaning. He's clearly fighting with something inside him. He's fighting with those ghosts. Robin Williams, who has come back from his holiday and now has come into this film and has now taken control of him. Jack is trying to fight back against him. And if you notice, she drove away with that boy. I don't think they turned on the uh, lights in that thing clearly a dangerous person this is a man who was in a really difficult situation and he did what he had to do which is chase his son with an axe perfect that's it thank you very much guys um i'm gonna give the points to will on that round uh because he got all personal isn't it uh, no, it's not. No, never personal, Hugh. Never personal. It was the on the rocks. Yeah, it was on the yeah, rocks. Yeah, yeah, no, it was fairness, the on the rocks. That made me tickle. That made me tickle. And even though it distracted you, Will, you still you still managed to get round to your point again. So um, that's true. I that's... don't know. It's all I've been thinking about the whole time. I it, don't think I've gone. <laughs> uh, just interestingly, you basically that last one was basically arguing. I would say that uh, the director of the film was. Uh, the f- director of the film the theme of the film was much more about him losing his mind and that he had all the blame that was what Will was saying but in the book oh. he's definitely possessed by ghosts it's and it's not really his fault and the wife and the son are depicted as being a bit annoying to him um, <laughs> so there's two there. things <laughs> yeah. my yeah, friends thought, get I mean, annoying I'm honest. like it is accent time yeah <laughs> okay uh sorry go on uh stanley is stanley kubrick who invented, uh, invented it no who directed it right yeah, yeah yeah exactly he invented the kubrick's cube but he directed the film <laughs> i think he invented the oxo cube as well did he yeah he did yeah he's he big, uh, big he made all his money in stock making gravy oh, making gravy so uh questions Two. I'd just like to, for the podcast listener, Hugh, Hugh's um, Zoom call picture that's definitely on Skype <laughs> is incredibly this. backlit. Oh, yeah. yeah he's just... pointed at a very bright window. So he's really backlit like a sort of Jack Nicholson villain. Oh, it looks you. like you became a bit of a, like, it was as if, like, when you were doing your debate, suddenly, like, God came out and was like, yeah, I'm mm. going to bust this out as well. Um, yeah, the ghost of Robin Williams was like, ooh. Yeah. And Martin yeah. Williams as well coming in and making some big tackles. <laughs> yeah, giving it a try. See, Shelley yeah. DeValve is going to see this, and this is why she's going to believe I'm alive when other people know I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have mentioned Hugh's been dead for six years, uh, Sean. Yeah, he's been dead for six years. I ain't so, seen you all come out here since the forties. <laughs> uh, I've got two questions for you. How much? Would you need to be paid to be the winter caretaker at this hotel in this film? Will, we'll start with you. How much would you need to be paid to, go, a... through, to go through that onslaught? Um, okay, I need, I, need some more, I need more information. Okay, so you, you can survive. You're allowed to survive. but I'd like you... to choose survival if I can. Yeah. And you don't Classic. necessarily have to kill, try and kill your fa- whole family, but how, how much would you have to be paid to, uh, to go through winter at the Overlook Hotel? Um, I, considering I'd, uh, as long as I survive and like I get some good therapy for PTSD, 
what you're currently doing is asked, asking an actor comedian in a global pandemic, would he like a job? Mm. I guess, please. Thank you. Pay me minimum wage. I don't mind. <laughs> okay, so you're um, saying minimum wage. Okay, but, I'll take that as your answer. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a so goddamn Hugh, joke. Hugh, Hugh. Uh, uh, why do you always do this? I just wanted to... <laughs> uh, 10 grand. 10 grand a week. Okay, so minimum wage for Will. Um, no, 10 grand a week. Hugh, ah! how, how much would you need to be paid if... You let's say it was exactly the same situation as the film. So you were running around with an axe, you were seeing things, uh, and you had to run through a maze in the snow. How much would you be paid for that? I I did that for free. That's I yeah oh. that no absolutely I I'd, I'd go for that as long as I can be. Can I can I say I would do things better than some of the characters in the film would do? Can I say I'd be better at can. running through? So I feel yeah, I'm, not, you, I'm not I'm not going to get be a, better. Well, I'm not going to get a dose of The Shining. I keep myself quite fit, so I feel I'm not going to get that stitch. So I'm going to be able to make mm. it through the maze faster. I'm going to always mm. keep right. Do you think so you'd ahead. fall for the... Um, if you were chasing your son to mm. axe him to death, do you think you'd fall for the walking backwards in the footprints? I think I would, but again, he only walked backwards two steps and then just hid at the side. So I think I'd be clever enough. I think I'd go past him, but then I'd, I'd, I'd find him, you know, and then just mm. axe to the head. Yeah. yeah, great. And uh, Will, what would you do if you were the little boy? How would you play it? What would be your game plan? At what point? Uh, at the end, when you when your dad's trying to kill you. Um, to be honest, I'd probably do exactly what he did. Only I would then keep moving and maybe climb up inside the hedge because mm. I'm good at climbing. I'm very good at climbing, and I feel like he wouldn't be able to climb up the hedge because the branches would be too. He's got an yeah. axe. I he's reckon. got an axe, Will. He's got. The, he's got the. The yeah, hedge yeah, is yeah. one enemy. <laughs> Can I just ask, Will, no, no. on your on your CV, yeah. do you put interests, skills, climbing? <laughs> no, I don't put interests, skills. That is my entire CV is a picture of me up a tree because it's my best thing. I'm so good at climbing trees; it's unreasonable. It's yeah. actually C- I'm not joking. CV I'm, is his curriculum treaty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A Latin which joke. is a CT. Yeah. And uh, uh, um, Hugh, what would you do if you were Danny? Well, I hadn't, How, finished. You... hadn't finished. I hadn't finished. Uh, uh, I think mate, we'd we, heard we've enough. We've got a time limit. Mate, we've got a time limit. Nah, when I was you, uh, that kid, <laughs> definitely he's little. You'd be able to crawl along the top of the the bush and get away. Easy peasy, lemon su- squeezy. Lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy. Okay. Yeah, it's not charismatic when you stumble over this phrase squeezy, is it? <laughs> Hugh, what would you do? Not go for the maze. I think I'd go go in. He's quite a little boy. I think go into that lounge. Go into the lounge where the skeletons are having the party and just hide out there. So no one's getting through cl- too close to all those skeletons. What mm. was going on there? And how long had they been there? Sorry, I, what what was the skeletons bit? I missed the skeletons. Do you remember she ran into a room? It was like a lounge bar, and there were oh, skeletons in so black I tie. Think Hugh, Hugh, you've watched the American version, and Will, you've watched the UK version. There are two different cuts, Whoa. and uh, the skeletons are, I believe, in the American version. Whoa! I think so that was a- cut for European audiences because they felt it was too silly. It was a bit silly. Yeah. Um, okay, I'd like to just finish uh, today with a really quick scene. Uh, so, Will, I'd like you to play Jack Torrance. You're going to be interviewed for a job offer uh, after you have killed your family at the Overlook. So, this is your uh, this is your interview after you've just gone through all of that, 
you've survived, mm-hmm. but you've got another interview. It can be anything. And Hugh, you can be the um, employer. Okay. You can choose what the interview is. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I just, I just want to see how this plays out. Okay, off you go. You've got uh, one minute. Okay, thanks for coming in. I, I just want to ask before we start, what I suppose interested you in this in this job? Why did this particular role interest you? I'm really good at cutting things. Okay, and 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 how how are you bringing that to to wealth management? Well, I figure that in the economic world, you got to make a lot of cuts. Mm. Okay, okay, very good. And can I just ask you now that the, you you handed in a CV to us, but it's just a picture of you in a tree. Yeah. So, I'm really good at climbing trees. Ah! Do you have an axe there? Why did you? Yeah, why, why did you bring that along with you? It was a visual metaphor. I'm gonna cut prices and raise profits. Okay. Okay. And you're you're covered in ice. Are you in favor of a, of a sort of a, a freeze on uh, on on anything going on here? Is you're you're quite you're quite icy. You're a cold man. I think the the wealth you need to manage at this particular family, you need to freeze some of your assets, and also you're gonna have to have a cold-hearted approach. You're gonna have to go in there and say, "I'm gonna need to cut up, so I'm not gonna need to cut off some of the members of the family from the will." We're, okay, we're a, that's just what's we're, we're a family business here now, uh, Mr. Torrance. So, what what kind of family approach mm. can you bring? How, tell me a little about your family. Do you have any annoying family members? Oh, no, do I? Well. You want them to have any money, or would you like me to axe them in the head? <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop you there. Very nice. Sorry, guys. Um, lovely. Okay, well, that's the uh, that's the end of the Shining episode, uh, guys. What do you think? Are you excited about watching the Shining now, or are you even more confused and just want to sack it off? Much, much more <laughs> confused. Um, it okay. sounded like you said "suck it off," <laughs> <laughs> and it distracted me. You're getting very distracted today, Will. I'm a distracted little boy. <laughs> um, I think this has been the most distracted episode we've ever done. Do you know what, though? I came onto this podcast because I, and again, maybe it's a reason I'm such a fan of the show, is that when I watched films as a kid, I used to record them off the TV onto video cassettes. And several times I lost the last 10 minutes of the films that I was recording. So I was Whoa. very much hoping that... And I appreciate I could have asked you to do these, that gradually, naturally, your podcast would cover the films that I hadn't seen the end of, so that I could then catch up on all the different last uh, ten minutes. Well, but it hasn't happened yet. What films, Hugh, you need to make, to make a list. Okay. You need to make a list of the films that you've missed, and we will make your dreams come true. Okay, Tellman Louise, that was one. As far as I'm concerned, those guys are doing fine. Put <laughs> Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, again, they're great. Uh, all the president's men. Yeah, that was an, Nixon still in power, I presume. Will, it's, this is Will's like, face this, is just like I've seen none of these films. Well, I know I've spoiled them for you by saying what I didn't uh, see. Anyway, but yeah. but yeah, I missed the end of Annie Hall. I missed men. the end of Annie That's Hall because there was a. I was recording it off the BBC. I wasn't recording it. It was a vi- an old video I found in my house, and it was from 1987. And it had half an hour of the world snooker final because that had run over by half an hour, and so Annie Hall got pushed back half an hour. That now, obviously, for me, that that was a treat. Though. That was a treat. You know. Yeah. yeah. I do love snooker. Yeah, absolutely. This has got to see Steve Davis. I remember we win another world. Title. We used to go to the library to rent uh, videos, mm. and I we rented Spice 
Spice Girls the movie mm. yeah. and got home and put it in and it was a very strange TV show called The Big Snog <laughs> and I I watched it for about 20 minutes being like I, I'm sh- this is a really curveball start to the Spice Girls movie and they're doubling down on this big snog thing but it was did just like think, related enough did you not think it could be did you not think where are the Spice Girls <laughs> I did, Sean, until I turned it off. He thought they'd taken a sort of more interpretive view of it, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was like like a really artistic start. But like, do you know what? They're going to expect us to start with the Spice Girls. Mm. Let's leave them waiting. It's like an artistic yeah. sort of think piece. But it um, wasn't. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks very much. Uh, any wait, la- wait, any- Sean. What? Wait. I have a question for you. I was going to say, have you got any last words? Yeah. What? Uh, what do you think of The Shining? Why do you like it? Mm. What do you watch it for? What? Who was your favourite thing about it? Uh, yeah, it's all right. Nothing. <laughs> 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 uh, I, no, I genuinely think this is probably the best horror film ever made. Um, I think it's. I Whoa. think it's. It's uh, really well shot. It's scary, but not like slasher scary. It's just. It's just. It's just really good. Uh, and I've always liked it. I've always thought it was very good. There's like it's good nice. because it, it's just brilliant filmmaking, basically. Um, mm. And the actors are quite good. Um, so yeah, I, I um, I'm very happy to be doing this episode. Uh, Hugh, any any final words, thoughts you wanna you wanna tell us, tell the viewers, tell us, tell our listeners, viewers. There are so yeah. many viewers. Yeah, just keep keep believing i guess i'm not I, I i'm not a scary film fan i don't watch scary films and so it was quite nice to be able to watch as will said kind of a silly last 10 minutes i feel i'm sure if i'd watched the whole film i would have been scared and i would have been put off but you know it was nice to just watch and see skeleton fountain of blood whiskey photo that's done yeah i definitely think i definitely think it's one of those ones that you need the rest of the film to build attention um, so you're not going to spend your weekend and Halloween watching scary films, ain't you? Absolutely not. No, I'll be making Brack. Okay, great. And what are you doing this Will weekend? What are you doing this Will weekend? I'm driving this van around the area of Leeds. Uh, yeah. I've heard about that van. <laughs> plug, plug. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> Trick or treat. I actually, I got visited when I was I was teaching, not in the school I'm currently working, I should say, but a policeman came in to visit us and he demonstrated the handcuffs by putting them on me in front of all the kids <gasps> and left me locked Ooh. in the handcuffs for quite a while. Oh, uh, that's, that's not nice. No, it really <laughs> wasn't pleasant. I mean, they should have done a risk assessment for that. Yeah, well, there you are. Yeah. That's the Irish police there for you. Go. <laughs> the the guard the guarder yeah the guard yeah well on that note um i'd like to say thank you to all our listeners i'd like to say thank you to hugh for joining us today it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast pleasure to meet you yeah nice um, to meet you thanks for having me guys no problem thanks uh, for coming in well do you want to say anything because you're the other half of this this thing yeah i've just got two words for you sean here's bobby <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been thinking of that? I suddenly remembered that's the only thing other than all work and no play makes Jack Nicholson a dull brack. Uh, that's, that's the main thing I know about this film. And I suddenly was like, oh, it's the perfect ending. It's the perfect ending. All right. Well, would you like to do it again? <laughs> nah. I think the moment's gone. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, perfect. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.